Good evening. Hope all of you are doing well. Maseches Yevamos, Daf Ayin Aleph. We are starting two lines from the bottom on Ayin Amud Beis. And we'll be learning until the top of Ayin Beis Amud Aleph, about 10 lines down at the two dots. Yesterday, we learned a detailed sugi about the sheet of Rabbi Eliezer. We were wondering, from where do we know that uh, an RL is not allowed to eat truma? And we answered from the Gzei Roshav of Toshav Sachir, Toshav Sachir, that, uh, that a person who's an RL is not allowed to eat truma. Uh, in the process of learning that, we came across a pasuk. The pasuk says, "Kol lo yochal bo," and then we made a drasha that uh, uh, bo eno ochel he can't eat the korban pesach, and aral can't eat the korban pesach, but he can eat truma. And the gemara is picking up on the fact that we made a drasha from the word bo because there's way more than one pasuk that speaks about bo. Last two lines. And now that we know that the word bo can be darshaned as it was 10 lines ago. So if that's true, then kol ben nechar lo yochal bo lamali. Why then does it have the word bo in kol ben nechar? What do we do with that? So a ben nechar is someone who is a, a stranger to Judaism, but not that he's halachically not Jewish, but he's a mumar. He's someone who's not so from. He's off the derech or he's a, he's a heretic, whatever the halachic standard is. So why does it say bo over there? Says the Gemara, uh, Bo teaches us top of Ayin Aleph and Aleph Hamaras Das Poselas that the rejection of religion is going to puzzle this person from eating the Korban Pesach, even though halachically you're Jewish. Is that an amazing thing? There's a mitzvah say Shel Torah for a yid to to do to, to eat the Korban Pesach, but if he's a Meshumad, if he's someone who doesn't believe in Torah, the mitzvah doesn't apply anymore. What about his neshama? First of all, uh, that's right. I am not, you're, you're, you're strengthening the question. Take a look at Rashi. Rashi says on the top line, Hamoras das poselas, dim heimer daso, if he rejects his religion and he makes his uh, activities very strange, you're not allowed to eat. It's an unbelievable thing. I don't know. Is there a precedent for that? I don't know. Uh, on the side here, in the Hagos Vitzionim, he says a fascinating thing about the phrase Hamaras Das. He says, Dufus Yashan Lifne Hatsenzor, before the censoring of the Gemara, it didn't say Hamaras Das, it said Mishamados, the people who are the Mishumadim, which was a reference to the early Christians. So the censors came in and they changed the language to Hamaras Das, which is not, it's not like a more complimentary term. I don't know why. It must have been at the time that that word was like a, like a slang. It was like, kind of like the parlance of the time to refer to those people. That's why you'll see in some of the Sephardic syndrome, it doesn't say Valam al-Shinim, it'll say Valam al-Shumadim. That language is found in other places. Anyways, that's why we have the word bo in the Pasuk, kol ben nechar lo yochadu. What? Sorry, Lamini. There's no such thing. No. Sure. Who's Valam al-Shumadim? Oh, yeah, no, I, I'm curious what this is talking about. But, yeah, I don't know. That, yeah, that's, sort of new that's what I'm saying. It must, I, it must have been like the language that's of the time, the time, you know, yeah, exactly. Something provocative <clears throat> as it related to the topic. But doesn't one of the Valam al-Shinim iterations have Valam al I I'm almost certain one of them has that word. All right, I'll check later. Okay. No, but that, but that, right, that, that, first of all, that whole paragraph was written specifically, we learned this a while ago, the whole concept was to build in this infrastructure in the Shmonesri that like says like, okay, I'm not another Christian, you know, like it was kind of part and parcel. I'm almost certain that there is a girsa somewhere of which would, which would align with this, but I, I want to make sure I'm right. Okay, so that's what he, what he say, if a person is Hamaras Das, if he, if he is a, an anti-Orthodox person, I guess, uh, however you 
you can still eat meisters. So that was what the word bo taught us. We also have another pasuk in the halachos in the psukim that speak about the halachos of Pesach. Kol, kol are Why do we have the word bo here yet again? Says the Gemara, bo eno ochel. Correct. He doesn't eat the korban Pesach. Aval ochel hu Very important distinction. It's true that an arel is putter from the korban Pesach, but he's not putter from the mitzvah of matzah and the mitzvah of maror. Also, a critical bifurcation to recognize that these three things are not one mitzvah, which is why today, even though it's true that there is no Korban Pesach, unfortunately, we still have a mitzvah de oraisa of matzah and l'chorah mitzvah de rabbanan of mar. The Gemara says, why do we need both of these cases? The Istrich, we need both cases, lemichtav arel, and the Istrich lemichtav, the word kol should not be here, ben nechar. Uh, why, why do we need both? If the Torah had only spoken about a case of Orel and not a Ben Nechar, then I would have said Mishum de Mais, because the Orla is considered Mais, it's considered disgusting. I can confirm, I've done adult circumcisions before, true story. I might have thought that someone who's a Ben Nechar, he's just, a, he's again, this, uh, this heretic, let's call him for now. He's not physically Mais, his Ashkafas might be Mais, but as I might have thought the Halachos would not be so limiting by him. And, and conversely, because of Rahmana called Ben Nechar, Mishum de Ein Libo Lashamayim, I might have said that the Ben Nechar, he's not focused on a Kodesh Baruch, who doesn't think Hashem is even present. I might have thought that an Aurel, maybe because he loves HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he just happens to be an Aurel for whatever reason, a Malo. Therefore, Tzricha, we needed both of these cases because we easily could have made an error and, uh, and thought that one was different than the other. Mimenu, Mimenu, Lamali. Why is it that the Psukim have the word Mimenu so many times? And if you look, if you have on the side there, the Torah or Hashalim with the Psukim, you'll see here that it quotes the Al Tochle Mimenu Na and Veloso Siru Mimenu Ad Boker, Vahanosar Mimenu. So the Gemara, we're going to see elsewhere, quotes Lichadaraba Amar Yitzchak. We'll learn this in a, in a couple of days, what he, what he uh, said the Halacha was, and we'll get there at that time and we'll reference back to this. Now, all of this, everything that we learned yesterday, almost everything we learned yesterday, up until where we are, which is 10 lines down on Ayin Aleph Amid Aleph, was all in explaining the sheet of Rabbi Eliezer. How do we know that um, a person who's an RL is not allowed to eat Shuma? We said from the Gzeri of Toshav Sachir, Toshav Sachir. But Amar Mar, we had learned a, a, conf, a conflicting sheet which is, Rabbi Akiva Omer, Rehu Omer, Ish Ish, the Rabo says RL. He says, we don't need your Gzeri uh, what does he do with it? We'll learn about that soon. But Rabbi Akiva was of the opinion that we know that an RL is excluded from Chuma because of the Pasuk Ish Ish. What is the Pasuk Ish Ish? So it reads, Ish Ish Mizera Aaron, Hutsarua, Ozav, Bakachem Lo Yochal. He's not allowed to eat holy foods. And in this case, we're applying that to Chuma. Says the Gemara, Ve'emal Arabo Sesaonin. Maybe when the Pasuk says Ish Ish, we should not have included in the prohibition RL. Maybe we should have included in the prohibition an Oni. Says the Gemara, Amar of Yosi, Brebchanino, Amar Kra, Bechol Zar, Zaro Samarti, we have a drasha that specifically says that an onain can eat truma, so therefore it cannot be ish ish, it has to be the cholzar. Maybe we should say that below arelus, that maybe an orel is the one that's allowed to eat truma and not excluded. Says the Gemara, no, we already included that in its own drasha, ksibishish. Says the Gemara, Umar Rais, why is it that the Torah included in the prohibition someone who is an orel and excluded from the prohibition of eating truma? Uh, meaning that he's allowed to eat truma, uh, an onain. Why is it that an RL is not allowed to eat truma and an onain is allowed to eat truma? Says the Gemara, Mistabra, it's very logical to assume that our relus havale the ribuye. It makes sense to say that the case of a person who's an RL was meant to be included in the prohibition of truma. Shekane, maisim, krusim, bedavar ha'evet. This is an acronym, and we'll make references back to this acronym over the next two lines. Mechusar maisa umaisa begufo, that's a reference to maisim, is that he's lacking in action. He, he has yet to circumcise 
circumcise himself, and it's an act on his body. The Anush Kares, that's Krusim from the uh, from the acronyms, the punishment is kares. The yeshno lifne hadibor, that's bedavar in the acronyms, that we know that the mitzvah of bris started with Avram Avinu well before, five, six, seven hundred years before, a long time before. And as well, umilas zecharav avod of me'akebes, and that's how evident the acronyms, that we know that if a master has, or a father has children, or a master has slaves that are not yet circumcised, then they're not allowed to benefit from the Korban Pesach. Therefore, because Arelis has so many strong halachic components to it, it therefore makes more sense to assume that an Arel is not allowed to eat Shuma than an Onin. Says the Gemara, I don't agree with that logic. Adiraba, I could have easily argued that Onin has a lot of unique and very sharp features to it. What are those features? Aninus Havale the Ribuye, why should we have considered the possibility of including Aninus in the prohibition that they would not be allowed to eat Shuma? Because Shekane Yeshna because Aninus Rahman Alitzan, Aninus can happen at any time, at any place. And therefore, you can become an onin, and then automatically it applies. That's not true by bris milah. Aninus applies by men and by women. Aurelus doesn't apply by women. Oh, no, that was the mice this morning. <laughs> I walked in, two babies. I'm like, oh, which baby's older? And the father said, sorry, the second one's a girl. I had no idea. I thought they were both boys. When we spoke on the phone, I had twins. Mazel tov. When's the brises? And uh, we just kept talking. And I walked in, and I found out that one of them was a girl. It was totally set up for two brises when we walked in. Okay, a little embarrassing, but nobody knew. Did you notice? Nobody. I don't think anybody noticed. Okay. Did you notice? I mean, I, I assume there were two also. Yeah. Well, I texted because yeah. I thought that I it was two. Twin boys. Yeah, I found out when he walked in the building. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, little did we know, bris milah doesn't apply by girls. So that's why the Gemara says that there is a there is something sharper about aninus. Aninus applies by both men and by women. And as well, the enviado atzmo is that you can't fix the problem. You have to wait for burial. It's not like bris milah. As long as there's sunlight, you can do a bris, but burial is not always so simple. Sometimes we are forced to wait, whatever the case may be. They said by Rav Chaim Kanievsky that they waited till after Shabbos to do, uh, to do the kura by Rav Chaim Zatzal because they didn't want people who are secular Jews to travel on Shabbos. Okay. So the, that's what the Gemara says. And maybe Aninus is sharper. The Gemara responds, it's not sharper. Arelus is a bigger deal. Hanach nefishin. The halacha by Arelus is a sharper halacha than the world of Aninus, and therefore it's more logical to assume that the prohibition of eating truma applies to an Arel and that an Onain should be mutter in eating. And Rava takes it even further. Rava Amar, even if we didn't say that Arelus was a bigger deal than Aninus, we still couldn't say that Aninus was the one to be included. Why not? Because Amar Kra Ish Ish. The Pasuk specifically says it's talking about a man. What halacha applies by a man that doesn't apply by a woman? That's Asr Beautiful argument. So the Gemara therefore concludes that Rabbi Akiva is of the opinion that Ish Ish, the Rabbo says that we know about Arelus from the Pasuk of Ish Ish. Fine. Asks the Gemara, Rabbi Akiva, Hi Tosha Vesachir Ma'avile. Oh, hold on one second. We have a Gzera Shava that we spent all day yesterday discussing, Shitas Rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi Eliezer was of the opinion, screaming from the rooftops. The reason we know that an Aral cannot eat Truma is because of the Gzera Shava, Toshav Sacher, Toshav Sacher. But Rabbi Akiva gave a whole different line of reasoning, a different Pasuk altogether. So what does Rabbi Akiva do with Rabbi Eliezer's uh, um, uh, approach? So says the Gemara, halfway down, and Ayna Aleph, Amit Aleph, Rabbi Akiva, Hai Toshav Sacher, May Abile, Amarev Shemaya, Le'asuye Aravi Mahul, it comes to remind us to ensure that we do not include in the mitzvah of um, Korban Pesach an Aravi, an Arab who is circumcised, and a Givoni who's also circumcised. Says the Gemara, even if they're circumcised, do they have the status of Mahul? So a fascinating case. Says the Gemara, after all, uh, actually just a brief caveat here, the postkim discuss 
It says, brought in the Pischei Tshuva, Milchus Yeridea, whether or not you make a bracha on the bris of a Muslim. This is discussed in Poskim. And we conclude that you don't, probably because of this Gemara, because the Gemara is going to say that that's ridiculous. But the Pischei Tshuva does write that if we knew who the generations of Keturah were, we would make a bracha on those brises, which is interesting. Uh, I don't, I don't have to look back in the piece of why we would say it on Bnei Ketur. It's all, of course, Bnei Avraham, it's a Kol Mishpacht, or whatever it is. But here, the Gemara says, Vahani Mulaninu. Are you trying to say that there's a difference between an Aravi and Arab who's circumcised and uncircumcised? There should be no difference at all. They don't have a status of Mahul, of foreskin, no for it doesn't matter. They don't have a status of Mahul. How do we know that? Because the Gemara says, well, it's not. If a person makes a following uh, strange commitment, a vow, Konam She'eni Nehenele Arelim. If a person says, I refuse to benefit from someone who is an Arel, Says the Gemara, Mutter Ba'areli Yisrael. We assume that built into his, uh, it's an assumed caveat is that Jews don't count in this category. The Usr, the Mule of the Check that out. He says, I will not benefit from Arelim. And then a circumcised Aravi, a circumcised Evet uh, Kochavim, is Usr, which means he's still an Arel, even though he's circumcised. So, halachically speaking, this is a ridiculous thing to assume that we're including an Aravi and a Givoni who is Mahul, they don't have a status of Mahul even when they're circumcised. It doesn't make a difference. And not only that, let's finish off the Mishnah. And Konam She'eni Nehen Nelamulin, on the flip side, if a person makes a vow that they are not going to benefit from someone who is Mahul, Mutter Bemule Ovde Kochavim, because they have no status of Mahul no matter what, says the Gemara of Asr Ba'arele Yisra'el. Fine. So what we learned from this Brysa, the first part of the Brysa, is that uh, an Eved has no status, a Goy has no status of being Mahu. So therefore, the words Toshav Esachir can't come to include a case of, oh, yeah, this the, the Muslim Arab guy is circumcised. By the way, he can't have the Korban Pesach. We know he can't have the Korban Pesach. That's nothing new. So therefore, the Gemara says, Ella, you're right. What then does Rabbi Akiva assume is the drush of Toshav Sachir, Toshav Sachir? Ella, la suye, to remind us that the following people are prohibited from participating in the Korban Pesach. Ger Shemal Velotavah. You have a person who went through the Geris process, but they did not go to the Mikvah yet. And Vikatan Shenolak Shehumahu. And a child, a newborn, who's born Mahul without a foreskin. Statistically speaking, that is exceedingly rare. Uh, we do see partial foreskins, which make for more difficult brisses. But to see a, a baby that's born perfect with mamish just looks like they're circumcised at birth, that's not something that really happens as far as I know. I've never seen them. I've never heard of them. Maybe I'm sure it happens somewhere in the world, but it's uh, it would be a fluke if it did. And in this case, Rabbi Akiva is of the opinion that a katan who's nolad mahul, that that's insufficient. That doesn't count. And they need a poke. So there's a big machlo. Kasaposkim, do you poke only on the shaft itself, or is it also on the atara, or is it only one or the other? Different shitas. But Rabbi Eliezer argues with Rabbi Akiva. And the reason why Rabbi Eliezer was able to use Toshav Asachar for what he used it for, which was to teach us that an RL is not allowed to eat truma, was because he completely disagrees with Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Eliezer Lataime, who says, he says that Tvila is not an Iker part of the Geras process. And as long as there's Mila and Kabbalah Samitzvos, even if there's no Mikvah, Germa Alyu, the Kasavar, he also holds contrasting with Rabbi Akiva, that katan shenolad mahol ain't sarach lahatif himenu dambris. Crazy shita. That if a baby is born without a foreskin at all, he's done. He cannot fulfill the mitzvah bris mila. He has no orla. He's not an aurel. But you, you don't get a mitzvah because you didn't do anything. And there's no need to do atafas dambris. Because of this machlokas Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Eliezer, we therefore never make a brach on atafas dambris, no matter the circumstances. Because Rabbi Akiva was of the opinion that you do need to make a bracha, well, that you do, do need to do atafas dambris. Uh, but Rabbi Eliezer was of the opinion that that's absolutely not necessary. That said, if a person is doing, hatafas, let's say as a mole, if a mole is doing hatafas dambris that day, he still potters the room from tachanun. 
because we still do assume that there's a mitzvah. However, it's not quite strong enough that we're able to make a bracha on Hatafas Tambris. I have Rabbi Eliezer. What does Rabbi, Eli- Rabbi Eliezer do with the source of Ishish? Because remember, Rabbi Akiva didn't use Tashiv Sachir, to, uh, Toshav Sachir, because he was learning out these exceptions to the rule about Gershom Alvalotabal in the case of uh, Katan Shinol Admo. But that's not what Rabbi Eliezer holds. So, what did Rabbi Eliezer learn with the words of Ish Ish? Says the Gemara, he didn't do anything with it. Hi, Ish Ish, my Abidle, Dibratork Lashem Adam. No, it's just Lashem Adam. We see this in Rashi sometimes, Allah Torah, Dibratork Lashem Adam. It's the way people speak, but nothing is meant to be darshan from this. No exegetical intentions in the Torah when it says Ish Ish. Let's get into some lambdas about Rasmila. Boy Ravchama Bar Ukla. Katan Arel. If you have a, a, a baby who is an RL, Rashi, uh, about a little bit less than halfway on the page, says that this is Toch Shemona. So let's say it's day five. Baby's five days old. Are we allowed to anoint this baby with the oil of Truma? Rashi highlights that, remember, from the world of Yom Kippur, that Sicha is Kishasiya. Anointing is like drinking in halachic terms. So therefore, if the child is an RL, then he can't drink it. Irrelevant of his age, he just can't drink it. So is he an RL or is he not? Says the Gemara, let's paint the Chakira. Do we say that, yes, he's an RL, but it's Shiloh Bizmana, there's nothing he can do about it, and still it would be Ma'akev, even though he has no control over the matter. The Raman Shulchan Aruch writes that if you do a bris before day eight, it's a zero. <coughs> so people ask me this all the time, I can't do Sunday. Can you do Friday? I'm like, no, okay, there's nothing, flat line. You can pierce your ears, cut your toenails, same difference. It doesn't, it's not a bris. And then you run into the Shiloh, Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Akiva, do you need a tough on bris? So that for sure not. So do we say it's not ma'akva? So it, the, the question that was asked on the top layer is, can we anoint a baby with the oil of chuma? The deeper question is, is arelus when it's not the zman, is that still arelus? So says the Gemara, let's see. Amr Abzeira, Tashma, we have a bris. Ain Ella, what do I know about Korban uh, Pesach? Ain Ella, Milas Zechara Bishas Asiya, that when a man has children, that they have to be circumcised by the time the Korban is brought. And the Avadim, uh, my Avadim, if I'm eating the Korban Pesach, they have to be gemalt by the time they get to Achila. Fine. How do we know that really it's even more strict than that? And Rashi highlights what's going on here because this question seems a little vague. Rashi, two-thirds of the way down, how do we know, says Rashi, so what Rashi says is, how do we know that if a Jewish child does not have a bris by the Asiya, by the Hakrav of the Korban Pesach, but he does have a bris before the achila that he's not allowed to eat. So says the Gemara, that learned out, Tamal Amar, az az l'gzera shava. Tupsa, can we learn l'gzera shava? That a child, who, a Jewish child who only got his bris after the uh, sea of the korban, but before the achila, he's not allowed to eat, says the Gemara. Well, hold on one second. How does the metzias of this case work? Bishlama avadav. I could understand the case scenario where an Evid only gets his circumcision after the Korban Pesach is brought, but before it's eaten, because if I only purchase that Evid after Chatzos, after I bring my Korban on Erev Pesach, then I only have one option, which is to circumcise him right now. That case, I understand. However, what is the case scenario of a child who... Uh, who was uncircumcised by the Asiya by the time the Korban Pesach was brought, but was circumcised by the time the Korban Pesach was eaten, and he is therefore ineligible. Says the Gemara, What's the case? So the Gemara says, Isn't it a case scenario that the child was born 
after Chatzos Hayom on Arab Pesach, after the Korban Pesach was shechted, but before the Korban Pesach was eaten, says the Gemara, therefore, Shmamina, we would therefore learn from here that Arelus Shalobizmana Havya Arelus, because the Xerashav of Az Az told us that that Jewish child, if he's not circumcised by the Asiya, that he cannot eat from the Korban Pesach. So we see from here that if a child is born between the shechting of the Korban Pesach and the eating of the Korban Pesach, it must be that Arelus Shalobizmana Havya Arelus, and it's Ma'akev. Says the Gemara, Amar Rava, which is actually corrected to Rava for lengthier reasons. Please see the note in the Gilion. Amar Rava v'tizbara. Is that logical? What does the Pasuk say? Himol local zachar, Amar Rachmana. You have to circumcise all the zachars. Then you can then you can take care of the korban. Making a diuk on the word himol. You can't say the person's an RL when he's not even able to be circumcised. That's not called arelus. That's not what it means. So says the Gemara, and what then is going on? What was the case scenario where we could have a child who was not uh, able to be circumcised by the korban of the korban Pesach, but was able to be circumcised by the Echila? If the child, Rachman al-Etzlan, gets sick, says the Gemara, if a child gets sick, systemically sick, like a full holocaust gufo, <coughs> says the Gemara, that he's not, that wouldn't be the case here, because if he starts to get sick right before the Echila, the of Lake Kolshiva. He has to wait seven days because, says the Gemara, and this time we're going to include the parentheses. If a baby gets sick, you have to wait a full seven days, no matter where you are. If, a, if an adult gets sick before his, you have to wait a full seven days in order to do a bris. So if the baby got sick between noon on Erev Pesach and, and Shkia on Erev Pesach, there's no bris at all. Forget that. That's not our case. There's no way he could be circumcised before that. Says the Gemara, the Avin on Lake Shiva, we did give him seven days. The seven days ended on Erev Pesach. That's what we're talking about. So maybe he was really born on, let's say, Aleph, uh, or let's say he was born on, on Hey Nisan, and he got sick on Zion Nisan. So when is he allowed to have his bris? Seven days later, on the 14th of Nisan. Okay, says the Gemara, we gave him his seven days. Okay, then circumcise him in the morning. Why are you waiting until Chatzos Hayom? Don't we have a mitzvah of Zrizus by Bris Mila? Says the Gemara, not when it comes to this issue. When a baby is sick, we need to wait seven 24-hour units of time. This has happened before and it happens fairly regularly. A baby gets a clean bill of health on a Tuesday at 5 p.m., you are not allowed to do that bris until next Tuesday at 5 p.m. He is ineligible for circumcision until that time. So the Gemara is saying here, maybe that's exactly what happened. The baby only became ill exactly one week before the Korban Pesach should be brought at 3 p.m. So when is he healed? 3 p.m. right after the Korban Pesach was brought, but before the Achila. That's the case of the Mishnah. Says the Gemara, wait one second. Top line, Ayin Aleph on the base. The Atani, we have a Bryce in the name of Luda. That's a person's name. And we said, Yom Havraso Ki Yom Hivaldo. The day that he's healed is like the day that he's born. My love, doesn't that, be, doesn't that mean that my Yom Hivaldo Lobainan Me'isla is just like uh, a baby's born one minute before Shkia on a Tuesday? The next Tuesday, the bris could be by Netzachama. It doesn't have to be at the end of the day. So it says the Gemara, just like on the day that a baby's born, we don't need me'eslais to start at a very specific time. Af yom also, even on the day that's healed, where the baby is finally healed, lo bo'inan says the Gemara, Luda is not correct. Lo, that's not right. Adif yom also, there's more, something more strict, more powerful about the day that a child heals, mi yom hivaldo, from the day that the child is born. So we found our first answer to the to our case scenario, a case scenario where a child 
um, is only able to be circumcised between Chatzos Hayom, which is when the Korban Pesach is brought, and the time that the Korban Pesach is eaten. The only case scenario is when he has healed from a, an illness, a systemic full body illness, not a little nothing. It has to be systemic enough. So this, these shilas come up every week. Like, how do we define sick enough? If they're in the NICU just for observation, is that called ill? What's the diagnosis? Were they on a breathing tube? Were they on a feeding tube? All I... I don't answer any of these questions. I just call her by first because he's a mole and a bucky and everything. And he just tells me what to do because how do you determine a systemic illness? They gave medicine, medicine preventatively because the mother had an infection. So therefore the baby might've had an infection through the blood. I have no idea. I don't know any of these things. I just know if you're very sick, you push off the bris seven full days. If you're not very sick, then you can do the bris once the baby feels well enough, even without weight. So that was answer number one. We're going to see a whole bunch of more answers. Another answer is, no, he didn't have a whole systemic illness. His eyes hurt, which is code word for saying he had a small little issue. And uh, he was so upset that they couldn't uh, couldn't give him a bris. All of a sudden, he started feeling better around 4 p.m. on Pesach. And that, that's another possibility. Fascinating answer. So the Gemara says that the mother and the father were in jail and they only were released after the Korban Pesach was brought very complex Rashi over here. The Girsa is, is very complicated. The Aruch Laner asks a, cash, a question on Rashi. Let's look at Rashi just for a, just for a moment. Rashi, Dibra Hamaschil Chavushin, about 10 lines down from the top of the page. So they were in jail. When were they in jail? Bashas, Asiyas, Asiya, at the time that the Korban was brought. U mitzvah mila mutelas alehem. And the mitzvah of bris mila is first and foremost alehem. That should be alav, no? Why is it plural? Mm -hmm. So the Aruch Lener picks up on this and he says that Rashi mm -hmm. might be hinting to his own unique shita that a woman may have some level of chiyuv in bris mila. <laughs> That's completely That's not... not no, a fundamental like in that's what you do when you're stuck. Understood that that was Matthias, but we're talking about the Khatkhila. Otherwise, why is he saying that Alayim? They're both in prison together. She doesn't have more of a chiyuv than him. So the Arachlaner picks up on this and discusses this issue. But let's continue in Rashi. Excuse me, it's not a question of Rashi, it's a question of Gemara. Why is the Gemara saying Kikon? Same question is the Gemara itself. Yeah. No, no. No, because she has a chiv in Korban Pesach. Okay. So if she was, so this is what some of the before should point out that's very difficult out. about this. So if she was, um, so here's what happens. Okay, let's finish Rashi because Rashi says something that's very complicated. Rashi, this is a hard Rashi. I'm just saying up front. That's not, yeah. this one requires a day of work. Below alacherim. So uh, let's see. Mitzvah smila mutelas alehim below alacherim. The mitzvah is for them and not for others. Uh, they're not able to bring their own carbon pesach uh, and, and shechted and then the, there's a mess up in the language here and what it should say is that's what it should say uh, they had someone do the carbon pesach for them if they exited jail after the Korban Pesach was brought and before it was eaten, milas that their son's bris holds them back. So Rashi says that you can do shlichus for, um, you can do shlichus for Korban Pesach. Why can't you do shlichus for bris milah? I do that every day. Why can't you do shlichus for, I was just very strange. If you could do the shlichus for one, have Bezdin maul the kid. What are you waiting for? So some of the Mephorshim here write that that shows you the adifus of the fact that in this case, the father himself was the maul.
Like it has to be that way because um, uh, what's the line about Yoser Bomi Bishlucha? Mitzvah Yoser Bomi Bishlucha is that we really, if the father knows how to do a bris, the mitzvah is much better for him to do it than to. It's a very difficult, it's a very difficult Rashi. It requires a lot of work and there, um, the Meforshim are all over this, but Tosvos is seemingly silent on this. At least he is here. But uh, I don't understand Rashi. And I don't even understand the case scenario because, again, if you can do shlichus by the Korban Pesach, do shlichus by the Mila. If you can't do one, then you can't do the Korban Pesach at all. But if, if shlichus works, then shlichus works. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But you can't have only shlichus by the Korban Pesach, but zero shlichus by bris Mila. I don't know. That's what the Gemara says. The Gemara says, they only got released at that time. Another answer, 10 lines down. You have the specialist, the surgeon, the baby's a tumtum. There's a piece of skin covering the anatomy. We don't exactly know what's going on. Couldn't tell. And therefore, the doctor, he only had an opening at 3 p.m. on Erev Pesach after the Korban Pesach was already shechted before it was eaten. And then they remove the skin and they find it's a zachar beni beni. They find out he's a baby. That Right then, oh, 3 p.m. Oh, yeah, we only have three hours till Shkia. Where's the mole? Go do the bris. And therefore, that's a case where they would not be able to eat the Gorban Pesach. Next, Rav Shravya, the last answer here, gives a very, oh, I'll call it a Nukimta type of answer, a very unique, creative answer that hopefully never happens. Rav Shravya Omar Kigon Shehotzi Rosho Chutz Prozdor. Rashi says, uh, the Gemara says, that he has, uh, the baby's head protrudes in, in the birthing process a week before Korban Pesach is brought. And the baby then retracts back into the mother. Really, that's the day of the Leda, because the baby was born, Leda, right? But he hasn't left the womb yet. And therefore, the bris is going to fall out on uh, day seven, which day eight, which is going to be Arab Pesach. But she only delivers the baby proper after the Korban Pesach was brought. Says the Gemara, Omichai, can a baby live like that? How is that even possible? Tanya, we have a brisa. Once a baby uh, is brought into the world, at least in some way, then, and this is the miracle of birth, this is a line we should all memorize, is that we know that the things that should be closed, that were closed, open, and the things that were closed, are, uh, were open, are now closed. Says the Gemara, if not for that, so if the baby was considered to be beleda, seven days before on the seventh of Nisan, the baby's head was protruding. Therefore, all of the biological changes should have occurred then, but then the baby's still living in utero. How is that even possible? Says the Gemara, he was being sustained by a fever. So what Rashi says here uh, is uh, basically that, uh, take a look at Rashi, uh, fascinating Rashi. Rashi is about halfway down. That he's fed by the fever. Uh, the illness feeds the child. You ever like you're really sick, you just can't eat, and you literally lose five pounds when you're not feeling well. You just mooch off your body's fat reserves. So the Gemara says when someone is sick, that's what happens. The baby's not going to die from food. The baby was able to sustain itself over the course of the illness. Asks the Gemara, Ishta Daman, who was sick? Who was the one who had the fever? If the baby was sick, that doesn't work. We have to wait seven more days till the baby's healthy. For sure, that's not the case. It must be that he was sustaining himself off of the feeding of the mother, and therefore he was fine. He managed. Stranger came to <laughs> Maybe we would say that the Brisa that says that a child can't live unless that's if a baby doesn't cry. Once he's already breathed on his own, then then he is, is able to live under these circumstances. Again, the Metzias is quite complicated over here. That's what the Gemara says.
Two more sugyas for the night. We're uh, just about halfway down. Ayin Aleph of Beis. Amar Rav Yochanan Mishum Rav Bina. Arel Mekabel Haza. An Arel is allowed to receive Haza. Uh, He's allowed to become purified from Tumas Meshikim Masinu Ba'avosin Shikiblu Haza Kshein Arelim. We know that our forefathers that they were able to. Get Hazo when they were Arelim Shinemar Ba'am Alu in a Yarden Be'asor Lachodesh Arishon that they came up from the Yarden on the 10th of the month. This is four days before the Korban Pesach. Be'asara on the 10th day, Lo Mahile Mishum Chulsha Orcha. On that 10th day, they did not get Brismila because of Chulsha Orcha. That's not the right day to do the to do the mitzvah, which by the way goes to show you that the mitzvah of Zrizos is contrasted by Chulsha. Is that if you're doing something that's very taxing, then the mitzvah, uh, then the mitzvah doesn't apply anymore of the Sarizim Maktim. We push it off. Even not even just hours in the day, even by the day altogether. If there's chulsha, that's what the Gemara seems to say. Says the Gemara, Hazah Emas Abit Lahu, Lav Kshein Arelim. When was the Hazah done in order for them to bring a Korban Pesach Batara? It must be that they had Hazah, that they were that they were nitar by the by the Mechatas, says the Gemara. When did they do this? Lav Kshein Arelim. Says the Gemara, wait a second, hold on one second. The Dilma lo, lo Avid Pesach Klal that year. Maybe the Pesach didn't start that year. That's right when they got out. Maybe it just didn't happen that year. Says the Gemara, Lo Sal Can't be. They actually did it that year. How do we know it's that year? Okay, not for now, but that's what the Gemara says. Oh, we learned about this in Mesechus Pesachim. We know that if Rav of Klai Yisrael is Betuma, we still move forward with the Korban Pesach, even though it's Betuma. It's fine. It's a Tuma Hutcher We're going to let it go. So maybe this year they didn't do Hazar at all. And you can't bring a ride that an Arl, an Arl can do Hazah because if this year it was a Pesach of Abba then nobody needed Hazah. Everybody was Tameh. What's the difference? Says the Gemara, no. Not possible. So we therefore see, because this Brisa indicates that they were circumcised and they went to the Mikvah and they did their, their Pesachim Vitara, that goes to show you that it must be that, that they did uh, as a Raylim that they had Hazah. Next, Sugya. Amar Rabba. Bar Yitzchak Amarav, Lo Nitna Priyas Mila Le Avram Avinu, that when Avram was asked, uh, challenged to do the mitzvah bris Mila, he did not have to do uh, Priya. So there's two layers of the Orla. The outer layer looks like regular skin, continuation of the shaft skin. And then where it folds in on itself at the top, it folds back in. The inner layer is called the mucosa lining, a very filmy consistency. It is not the same as regular skin. It's not stretchy like reproductive skin is on the anatomy. It doesn't stretch. Um, and this skin is called the orha priya. So the outer layer is orha orla. The inner layer of that same skin, the second side of that skin, the inside of that skin is called the orha priya. And Avram only had a mitzvah to remove the outer layer. Shne'emar, as the Pasuk says, And then seemingly the most important part of the Pasuk is left out. This is the rest of the Pasuk. It says the Gemara, well, Maybe what the Pasuk is talking about is not that Avraham didn't have the mitzvah to remove the priya. Maybe what it means is that the rest of the Jews who were still uncircumcised got, got prismila. Mehechatesi, that it means that we should separate the Orha Orla from the Orha Priya. Yeah. After all, the Pasuk reads, Kimulim, uh, and all the children that were born in the desert, the pastor concludes, So there were a lot of Jews that when they came up from, from Mitzrayim, that they were not yet circumcised. So maybe when the pastor says, maybe that doesn't mean that Avram didn't have the mitzvah of Orha Priya and only the mitzvah of Orla. Maybe it was a reference to something altogether different, which is the people who have yet to get circumcised should get a bris. Says, my shuv. What does it mean? They should, they should repeat. Obviously, it's speaking about Avraham. Says the Gemara, El Alav Lepriya. Umay Shenis. What does it mean that it, the Pasuk says Shenis? We already said Shuv that you have to repeat. Why bother saying Shenis? We already got the point. Says the Gemara, La Akushe Sof Mila Litchilas Mila. To teach us that the end of this kind of Bris Mila is similar to the beginning. Matchilas Mila Mila Kebes. Just like the beginning of Bris Mila. Namely, just like the outer layer of skin, if it's not removed as Me'akev, 
Even the end of brismila, namely, even for the inner layer, the or hapriya, that that's also me'akev. If too much is left over, so the halacha is that the bris is not a bris. You'll have other problems too, but halachically speaking, it's not a kosher bris. It's not. The Mishnah writes, How do we define tzitzin, which is like adhesions, little skin tethers that are connected to the atara? when they really shouldn't be. When is that considered to be problematic to the point that the Mila doesn't count? If you have a skin that is covering rove of the Atara, then you're not allowed to eat Truma. It should be in any one spot on the height of the Atara. So let's say the bris was all around great. This is the Atara, but there's one little jagged piece of skin that reaches up on the crown. Then the bris is not kosher. Halachically, you'd have to peel that down. And aesthetically, sometimes that skin has to be removed. So that's what the, bar, the Gemara says over here. So we see very clearly that why does it say Shein is to teach us that the halachos by the Orha Orla and the Orha Priya are similar in that they both need to be removed enough that most of the crown is revealed. Says the Gemara, two lines from the bottom, Uva Midbar, my time alone Maho. Why were there Jews in the Midbar who didn't get circumcised? They should have all gotten circumcised, says the Gemara. It could be because it was a very challenging uh, terrain. It was a very difficult walk. Top of Because there was no northern wind. Rashi. It's pleasant. It's not too hot. It's not too cold. And the sun is shining. That's what we hope for every day. And that's what the Gemara says is the ideal type of weather in which to have a bris. Says the Gemara, the Tanya, for those 40 years, they didn't have that northern wind. My time, why not? Some say because they were getting a punishment from HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Nizufin, that they were being insulted or given a consequence. They didn't want the wind to be there because they didn't want the wind to disperse the clouds of glory. That's very strange. First of all, we know that one of the 10 Nisim in the Beis HaMikdash is that the wind never moved the smokestack from above the Mizbech. So this is a Kaddish Baruch Hu's glory clouds. I'm sure we could arrange something like it's I don't understand the Gemara. I'm sure there's more here, but uh, not for now. And Amar uh, Papa Hilkach, therefore, Yoma De'eva Yoma De'shusa, Lo Mahalinan Pe. If you have a day that's very cloudy, Yoma De'eva Yoma De'shusa, Rashi defines these for us, these terminologies, six lines down, five, six lines down. Yoma De'eva is Yoma Ma'un on a cloudy day. Yoma De'shusa, Shiruach Dromis Minasheves, Vikashimi Kola Ruchos. If there's a wind coming from the south, we should not do a bris that day. Says the Gemara, Lo Mahalinan Be, we don't do brises, Velo Mesuchrinan Be, we also don't do any bloodletting. And then says the Gemara, the craziest part, now that everybody breaks that rule, and even when it is a cloudy day, and even when it is, um, and even when it is a day that is, what's the other one again? Uh, cloudy or the southern wind. Now the Dashu Rabin, because nobody follows that rule. Therefore, Shomer Psoim Hashem. Wow. But really, Ladina, it should not be that way. Really, it should have been that you're not supposed to do a, a, a bris when there's, when there's clouds out. <laughs> That's something's going on in Shemaim. You're not allowed. And if it were to be a case of, uh, of the Ruach Tzfonis, you got to go outside and take your little tool, find out what's going on. That's what the Gemara says. Shomer Psayim Hashem. We'll stop right here, pick up a ton of Rabbana tomorrow night. Wishing you all a beautiful night.